I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Thousands of Brazilian football fans form a crowd at the airport in Rio de Janeiro. Security guards have to push back fences so they're not overrun by the crowd. The fans wave flags, hold up banners and scream their lungs out. Grown men are crying in happiness. A stage is set so the man they came for can oversee the massive crowd when he arrives. This is the story of the day the absolute football legend Clarence Seedorf decided to write the final chapter of his glorious career in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. It's a story about a childhood dream, the ultimate fan culture, blasting air conditioning, Brazilian carnival and an unexpected ending. I spoke to the man Clarence Seedorf himself and journalists to reconstruct this story. My name is Sam van Raalte. And welcome to the home of football, a podcast by 433. Let's go. Sidorf a dois metros da bola. Correu na cobrança. Gol! O empata o holandês Sidorf. It was beautiful to have my last seasons of my career playing in that joyful position. While Clarence was there with Botafogo, they could dream again. That was wonderful. It was wonderful to watch. We cannot say too much about what happens in the dressing room. <laughs> we might be arrested. <laughs> Clarence Seedorf can do anything. He's one of the best midfielders to ever walk the face of the earth. 
He's the only football player who won the Champions League four times with three different clubs. Ajax, Real Madrid and AC Milan. He did it twice with AC Milan. Sedor speaks six different languages fluently. Dutch, Portuguese, Italian, English, Spanish and Tranan. And he can sing like an angel. He once sang one of my favorite songs, the classic Sitting on the Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding for a charity. Just listen to this. Sitting on the dock of the bay, wasting time. I left my home in Georgia, headed for the Frisco. I mean, that's just beautiful. There are plenty of pop stars who can't sing like that without autotune, I believe. Seedorf was also knighted in the Netherlands, wrote for newspapers like the New York Times and holds a master's degree. But, of course, most importantly, Clarence Seedorf is and was an absolute legend on the football pitch. He broke through as a top European prospect at Ajax, then played for Sampdoria, Real Madrid, Inter Milan and AC Milan, where he spent a legendary decade. When his contract at AC Milan expired in the summer of 2012, Seedorf wanted something new and there were still plenty of opportunities for him out there in the world of football. Then, Clarence Seedorf made a decision no one saw coming. That summer, Rio de Janeiro was turned upside down when Clarence Seedorf decided to sign for Botafogo. Because Clarence Seedorf can do anything he wants to. Ever since Seedorf signed for Botafogo, I wanted to know everything about this remarkable choice. Why did he choose to write the final chapter of his legendary career in Brazil? How did he experience the Brazilian football culture? And how did the unexpected adventure and his career as a professional football player come to an end in Rio de Janeiro? So, I approached Clarence Seedorf for this podcast. Clarence Seedorf is a man of the world. One day he's analyzing games in the Middle East, the next he's in Turkey for the World Economic Forum, and the next day he could be traveling in Italy for a business venture. So I was happy when I got the opportunity to talk to Clarence via video chat. Hey, Sam. Hello, Clarence. Hello, how are you? I'm great, how are you? Good, good, good. All right. I think we figured it out. To be honest, it's quite surreal for me. Clarence Seedorf is a player I've been watching since I was a kid. And there he is, casually sitting somewhere in Italy, taking the time to talk to us for this podcast. Now, I want to know everything about the remarkable final chapter of his career in Brazil. A unique choice. But to understand that decision and Seedorf's experiences in Brazil, you first have to understand his childhood. Clarence Seedorf grew up in a Surinamese family in the Netherlands. Suriname is a country bordering Brazil in South America and it was once colonized by the Netherlands. Seedorf was actually born in Paramaribo, the capital of Suriname, and moved to the Netherlands when he was just two years old. He grew up in the Netherlands as a massive Brazil fan, and he started playing football as a kid. His mother often chased him out of the kitchen when he was playing football there. Young Clarence Seedorf was so passionate about Brazil, that when Brazil was eliminated from the 1986 World Cup in the semi-finals, he had to be calmed down by his father. I remember when I was a kid, Zico played his last tournament uh, and he was one of my, my great idols, uh, junior and Eder and that incredible team that unfortunately didn't, uh, didn't win the World Cup. And my, 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 my father had to take me out for a walk to calm me down. It was uh, heartfelt, that loss against uh, France, if I remember well. So Brazil has always been very close. I had an uncle 
he had all the matches, like literally all the matches of Brazil in his house. Like he would, he would video register all the matches. So every every month, one weekend, we would go to to see my uncle and my auntie, and we would stay the weekend at their place. And uh, obviously, uh, that was what was uh, shown on television. Only the Brazilian matches, especially the emphasis on, you know, the the hard tackles and the, the beautiful goals, and uh, yeah, I mean, it makes impact on you as a young 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 lad. So uh, I enjoyed that, and so the whole Brazilian thing was pretty much in my veins already. <laughs> To get some extra insights into what Clarence Seedorf was like when he was a kid, I called Simon Zwartkruis. Simon was the first person to interview Seedorf when he made his debut for Ajax, and they developed a special bond. Simon also wrote Seedorf's biography later on. Here's Simon on how they met and what Seedorf was like back then. Well, uh, it was uh, just after the moment he uh, made his uh, debut in the first team of Ajax as the youngest player uh, ever in the history of the club. Uh, and for that reason, uh, really the whole world wanted, wanted to interview him. And I was the, the lucky bastard who, uh, who could uh, really interview him. And I can, I can remember that um, we talked quite a long time about his image and people who were uh, confusing his uh, self-esteem with, with arrogance. Looking back at, at that, that, that uh, later that would be the story of his life, especially in, uh, in Holland. So, um, the, yeah, that from the fir- from the very first start, that that, that was a thing in his uh, in his career. He himself uh, knew that he was very self confident, and that uh, some people uh, thought that was strange. Sixteen, but uh, very mature in his uh, in his mind, uh, and the way he presented himself, and yeah, with a lot of confidence on the field as well. Uh, I can't remember a famous columnist in in Holland who called him a grandfather when he was seventeen or eighteen. Uh, well, and that is quite typical of the way uh, Holland was looking at him. Uh, but th- that didn't bother him uh, very much because he was very focused on um, on performing. And, uh, and, and he was dreaming big already. And he was very confident that uh, he would be one of the yeah one of the bigger players in the world. Uh, yeah, you, you could see it in a lot of different uh, ways. Uh, to give an example, Louis van Gaal, uh, of course, was the coach at that time at, at Ajax. Uh, and they had a lot of discussions. Uh, normally, a player of 16, 17 years old, uh, don't don't discuss with his coach. That's something for when you're uh, 27 or 28. Uh, but he started it at uh, at that age because he had some opinions about uh, things, how things were going at Ajax, for example, uh, that he had to wait for his physical treatment uh, after the, the the older guys were ready. Then the young the younger guys. Uh, were permitted to go to the medical department. And he thought that wasn't correct because he said, well, I'm a, I'm a player of the first team also, so treat me like it. And then also Van Gaal told him that he liked it, that he liked characters, players with character who dare to, to speak. So that was also typical for Clarence at his, at his early age. Seedorf and Simon still have a great bond. They became friends and often call each other, most of the time to talk about stuff outside football. For example, when Barack Obama was running for president in the United States, Seedorf would call Simon to talk while they were watching Obama's speeches. Alright, back to football. Seedorf wins the Champions League with Ajax and then plays for Sampdoria before he transfers to Real Madrid, where he wins the Champions League again. There's a funny story from when Clarence Seedorf was once jokingly asked to play for the Brazilian national team by the legendary Brazilian manager Mario Zagallo. 
It happened right before the Netherlands clashed with Brazil in the semi-finals of the 1998 World Cup in France. Zagallo saw Seedorf was benched and walked up to him. In my team, you would always play. Come play for us, Zagallo said. Seedorf is still proud of that compliment. After three and a half years at Real Madrid, Seedorf transfers to Inter Milan. He plays there for three years before he moves to rivals AC Milan in a swap deal. I called the Italian journalist and absolute transfer expert Fabrizio Romano for some insights and the legendary status of Seedorf in Italy. If I think to Clarence Seedorf when he was at Inter, he was a fantastic midfielder since Serie A and for Inter, but with AC Milan, he had an impact on international football, on Champions League football. He was always ready to give his contribution in the key matches, always so calm. And so when you have a leader that is not creating any problem in the dressing room or on the pitch, always be calm, always with good mentality. This is something so difficult to find in today's football. And this is why Clarence Sidov has always been a key player for AC Milan when they won everything. He spent 10 years with AC Milan and... Uh, he was playing with different players, uh, Rino Gattuso, who is a different midfielder, of course, like players from Rui Costa or players like uh, Ricardo Cacá. So they had many different players and Clarence Sidorf was always perfect to play together with them. If you have a player like Clarence Sidorf, he's making the difference also there. So it's incredible because if it's a Champions League semi-final or if it's the match against the last team on the table, Clarence Seedorf is always having an impact. Always. This is why we remember him as one of the best midfielders we had in Serie A for many and many years. If you bring in quality, if you bring in mentality, with a Similan, he was the player always in the difficult moments ready to help the team. When you have moments like, uh, I still remember the match against Manchester United. It was a difficult one with AC Milan, a lot of pressure, a lot of champions on the pitch, of course, but also from Manchester United side. And Clarence was always with the light mentality, always keeping the team calm and let's do this how we know. So leadership. If I have to say Clarence Seedorf, what he had for AC Milan in 10 years, it was leadership. Fast forward to 2012. Seedorf is 36 years old and has become an absolute football legend. AC Milan wants to extend his contract, but Seedorf wants to experience something new. He becomes a free agent and tests the waters. Massive offers from all over the world are coming in. And Seedorf makes a decision that surprises the world of football. I also didn't see it coming so fast. <laughs> Actually, before six months before I left Milan, I got a, a big offer from China that I declined. I mean, it was a real interesting offer, actually. But I said, I'm not, I'm not leaving halfway after, you know, 10 years, half in the season. It doesn't make sense. It was an end of an era with AC Milan. Uh, I could have decided to stay, but I believe that it was time for a new challenge as well. Then I went to Los Angeles, where I joined David Beckham uh, when he was playing uh, at Galaxy to, to have a... A 10 day just staying fit training and um, while I was training the coach said uh, listen let's go and speak with the owner <laughs> I want you to stay and because uh, my good friend Robbie Keane was uh, was about to leave he decided to go back to Europe so they would have one open spot for the uh, special uh, arrangement for players so that was also something that happened in that period and then um, at the end uh, Robbie Keane decided to stay 
that was the end of uh, the option of LA Galaxy. And meanwhile, we were already having conversations with uh, Botafogo. Brazil has always been very close to my heart as well. It's 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 a high level of uh, of league, which is what I was looking for as well. So that was the journey to to get to this decision. When it's announced in Brazil that Seedorf is going to sign for Botafogo, the fans go crazy. When he arrives at the airport, the gate is packed with fans. They have even set up a stage for him so he can oversee the crowd after his arrival. The fans show a massive banner and wave huge flags with Clarence's face on it when he makes his debut for the club. Kids latch onto him before the game when he enters the pitch, grabbing his arms. They want to touch the legend. Tim Vickery is a football journalist who has lived in Rio de Janeiro since 1994. He's an absolute expert on South American football. I called him to get his perspective on the impact Sadorf made when he signed for Botafogo. Here's Tim Vickery. There was a lot of enthusiasm when Botafogo are a club who have problems uh, filling their stadium. But there was a, there was a full stadium for his, his first game. But there was a lot of discussion in the uh, behind the scenes, and I remember doing a, a TV program around that time with a two or three Brazilian coaches, and they were they were wondering how he would fit in to a Brazilian midfield, because the the lines of the team in in Brazil, certainly then and still in many cases now, are, are much much further apart than the lines of a team in, in Europe. Um, this, for example, was a problem for Diego Simeone. When he came back from Europe to finish his career, he found it very, very hard at, you know, at, a, at an advanced age. In the end, what happened was, it was wonderful to watch, actually. It was, it was, it was fantastic to watch. Uh, and Seydorf, I think, he enjoyed himself playing maybe in a way that he hadn't been able to enjoy himself for years because as a result of his not only technical excellence uh, and experience, but also his leadership, his, his strength of leadership, Seydorf, in the events, he became the center of the game and he would vary his position according to his reading of the game and where he thought his team needed him most. And, and the game was happening wherever he was. Uh, and it was, it was really fascinating to watch him find a place, a different place for different games uh, in order to, uh, to, 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 to help the team. And I saw Clarence at the age of 16. I saw him playing for Ajax in 1993 in a pre-season tournament at Tottenham. And I couldn't believe him. I, I couldn't believe how, how, how fantastic he was. Uh, and I imagine that playing for Botafogo was a bit like being a 15-year-old and being the best player and being you know, the, the player, everything revolves around him. So it, it certainly looks as if he was enjoying a second childhood. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Clarence Seedorf wears the number 10 at Portofogo and plays as a classic number 10, the position he loves the most. He starts banging in goals left and right. Seedorf a two meters of the Correu na cobrança! Gol! sobra. Olha o Seedorf, arrancou com liberdade, bateu! Gol! Tentou o domínio, Felipe Gabriel deixou para o Seedorf! For Clarence Seedorf, playing in Brazil was like going back to his childhood, when he was a young talent at Ajax. It was always either him or Patrick Kluivert who scored the most goals for their team. Decades later, Seedorf was experiencing the same feeling in Brazil, playing free as a bird as a number 10. It just brought me back to my times where I would come home after tournaments in the youth Having won the best player of the tournament or top scorer of the tournament, I mean, I have them all still in, in somewhere in Holland uh, <laughs> at my mom's place. So that feeling comes back because you see, oh, you're actually the top scorer of the team. That was normal for me when I grew up uh, to have that many times. And Patrick, it was either Patrick, it was either me going home with those prizes, you know. So it was, uh, it was really great. In the last seasons uh, in Brazil, I really enjoyed that freedom, creating, dribbling, passing, and high pressure because we played very high pressure with the team. And I loved it. It was beautiful to have my last seasons of my career playing in that joyful position, what I uh, felt was really, really mine. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was like going back in time. To, to elaborate on the fact that I play like that, I've always been, in my mind, a free spirit, right? Looking for uh, opportunities, looking to be creative. I, I, I just, I just fitted in that style of play. And who knows what kind of influence it had when I was watching that football when I was a kid. I don't know, but for sure, having this also Surinamese blood in my in myself, this this is something that we have naturally, and it, it was just very close to home. Seedorf gave Botafogo a boost. Centre-back Doria said in Brazilian media, it's fantastic to have Seedorf leading us. He's a guy with a winning spirit and his presence lifts us, increasing our will to win. He helps us on and off the pitch. 
Goalkeeper Jefferson credited Seydorf with helping him grow as both a man and a professional. The team started to play really well and that had been a while. Here's Tim Vickery on both the Fogo's fans and the impact Seydorf had on them. For, for Botafogo fans, it was such a wonderful time because and Botafogo is one of the clubs where the, the distance between the glory of the past and the difficulty of the present is probably biggest. In fact, it's hard to think of any other club in the world, you know, that because Botafogo in the past, they had so many players, you know, the great Brazilian players from the World Cups of 58, 62 and, and 70. Um, but really, their, their, their fan base is, is not big. I mean, they're, they're, they're the fourth team in terms of fan base in, in, in Rio. And so they've, they've had, they haven't had very much to celebrate for for years and now once again they're in they're in the, the the second division so that difference between the glory of the past and the problems of the present is very hard i think for them but while clarence was there with botafogo they could dream again it was wonderful it was wonderful to watch football fans we're we're, we're, we're dreamers uh, and and to see the fans of botafogo being able to dream again was 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 fantastic. I remember uh, in one of his one of his games, a Botafogo fan coming up to me and and saying, "You know, we have to realise that this is as good as it's ever going to get for us. We have to realise that. You know, we're we're not what we once were. Our level is now much lower. But with Clarence in the side, we've really got something to proud to be proud of and something to dream about." Uh, and so it was, a, it was a magical little interlude. Clarence Seedorf was enjoying himself off the pitch as well. His move was all about experiencing the culture in Brazil. And football culture in Brazil is unlike any other football culture. Well, can you imagine yourself walking on the street in Amsterdam and then every third person would wear a shirt of their club? That, that, that's what happens. You go out... And you would see shirts that you would never... But they, the thing is that many people have shirts, right? But they don't wear it. They wear it. They wear it in daylight and they go to work with it. They, they, they walk around with their shirt. They make sure everybody knows who they're supporting. And uh, that is just absolutely normal. You know, and that is something that you won't see in Europe so fast. So you would see it in Europe only when there's a match day. They would wear the shirt and they would go. There, it's just everyday news. <laughs> <laughs> what other aspects of Brazilian football culture did you have to get used to? First of all, I got an allergy because of the air conditioning. I've never, I thought in America they, they liked airco, but this was like crazy. I would enter in the bus and it was like a lift, facelifting, like crazy. And uh, I never had those issues before, but now I'm allergic to, to air conditioning. So, um, uh, in an airplane, it was like a lot. Of course, it's 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 hot, but I always say, okay, find find the midway. You know, uh, twenty two degrees. No, it has to be sixteen. <laughs> so that was not a great uh, experience in that. And um, the food, beer is like water for them. Many of them, it's culture because it's so warm. There's a, like a beer culture, and. Uh, the the churrascaria, no? uh, the barbecues. Every weekend, somebody would invite you, and then it was like 
meat would be, be thrown around like for fun. It's very social. So if you, if you know how to adapt to a place, and this is what I want to share, it was really a pleasure to go and live those two years there because you just adapt fully. You know, you dress in a proper way. You don't go around with, you know, expensive stuff on your body, which is not necessary. People are simple. Yeah. Uh, the only moments that there was some extra was during uh, Carnaval, of course, because then everything stops. <laughs> Carnaval time. Then uh, the end of the year, it's a beautiful moment to, to be there. A million of people on Copacabana, for example, one million people, op- uh, you know, open, open door concerts uh, on the beach. Um, I was fortunately fortunate enough to to live that a few times. Yeah, very happy uh, to have that memory. One thing I like about uh, talking to football players is there's always this sort of dry sense of humor behind the scenes. Was that also present in Brazil? And what was the moment you you left the loudest behind the scenes? <laughs> well, yeah, that is now you're opening an infinite uh, box. I think there's nothing like the dressing room. And as you know, we cannot say too much about what happens in the dressing room. <laughs> We might be arrested. <laughs> but I probably they didn't do anything with me because they didn't dare to do that. To say, to say one of the special things for me, because uh, it was a really young team uh, that I had to deal with, is they would sit literally around me uh, and asking like thousands of questions every day. That I didn't have in, in, in Europe. There's a different mentality to, to that. It was... Uh, Very nice to be able to mentor many of these young guys. And uh, they literally were like sponges, like asking questions, questions, questions. And how was that? And how about this? And how about that? And I mean, that was amazing. Because when you get to that stage of your career, you what you definitely want to do is pass on your experience, right? And uh, But you cannot pass it on if somebody doesn't want to hear. Mm-hmm. But when they ask for it, yeah, they, they got it. So... <laughs> The schedule of Brazilian football is insane. The amount of games European leagues stretch over a 10-month period are fit into like six months in Brazil. So you're on the road all the time, playing in different climates at different heights. Seedorf played 56 games in his first season at Botafogo as a 36-year-old. Insane. But Seedorf wasn't only playing games in Brazil. He was also working on his coaching courses on his way to become a manager. He coached the youth team at Boa Vista, another club in Brazil. And the manager at Botafogo, Oswaldo de Oliveira, let Clarence Seedorf into his staff as well. They developed a special bond. We had a really special relationship. And uh, to, to be part of, of a project where you really feel integrated and you're happy, it's no effort. And the same thing was for you know coaching those kids. There was an under-16 team. And uh, I still have contact with them. And uh, actually some, we, we, a few were helped to come and play abroad. They all sticked in the same, in the right, let's say, uh, path. When we left them, uh, and I'm very close with the coach that, that was assisting me at that club at that point. And when we left uh, at the end of the year, I told him, you know, make sure you take care of those kids because a lot of them, didn't come from privileged families, of course, and um, it was easy for them to go in the wrong direction. But I'm so happy to say that uh, that the impact was uh, was good on them, and they 
they maintain their focus on football. They maintain the focus on making money in an honest way, and uh, that's I'm very proud of them. And actually, uh, four or five of them made it to professional football. So it's very interesting uh, to see, you know, when you when you get the proper support, that talent uh, actually can you know can come through. So we just spoke about that you played like 56, 57 games and you, you never played that many games in a single season. Now we all know the pictures of you you and your body at that age still. The people were comparing <laughs> you to younger players and, and saying, look how fit he is. Now, now how is that even possible that you broke that record at that age? I really enjoy it. And when you enjoy something, it doesn't become... Uh, you know, work anymore, you do it with pleasure. And I'm sure, looking at you, how you are also uh, doing your job, right? I, I can I can feel the passion and the, the pleasure. And then it's not a burden. You wake up in the morning, uh, yeah, you would like maybe sometimes to sleep a little bit longer. But the moment you're on the pitch, you know, uh, you go again. Seedorf juggled a lot of balls in Brazil, but most importantly, he was successful on the pitch. Botafogo won two different regional titles, and for the first time in over a decade, the club managed to qualify for the Copa Libertadores, the South American Champions League. Clarence Seedorf even scored a goal in the crucial final game in the Maracanã. But then, after 18 months in Brazil, Silvio Berlusconi, the former owner of AC Milan, called Seedorf asking him to become the manager of the club. I asked Clarence what the process was when AC Milan called. And then, well, Clarence started to laugh. <laughs> there was no process, so. <laughs> it was just like a switch on and off button. <laughs> I, I, I was running on the, on the treadmill and then uh, the next thing I knew I was arriving in Milan in the airport. So <laughs> you figure out. There's no process whatsoever. The process started actually way before. When I left, when I left AC Milan, I went to see Berlusconi in his uh, mansion and uh, to say thank you for all the years. And uh, and he told me, you know, you go have your experience, start looking at players, and when you're ready, you call me and you come and coach AC Milan. This is how I left uh, Milan. But nobody knew it would happen two years later already, so you know it was not planned in that way. But things were not going so well. I was really close with with him, and when he called, I really couldn't say no. I mean, uh, it's like a return of uh, not a favor, but the respect. And it was my home for ten years, so you know you go and you helped out, and we did we did we did a great job at the end of the day. But Milan was already in a big difficulty as a club. But I, I have to say. That decision was natural, fast. <laughs> I got the call. I was still on the treadmill, literally. I stopped running because I said, you know, Berlusconi wants to speak with you. So, okay. So this is how it went. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, sometimes duty calls, right? You have to go. You, you just need to do what you need to do. <laughs> After managing AC Milan, Seedorf managed Shenzhen, a club in China. He then managed Deportivo La Coruña in Spain and became the manager of the Cameroon national team. Of course, I asked him if he'd ever like to coach a club or even the national team in Brazil. 
Oh yeah, why not? Brazil had always amazing talents. I do believe uh, that would be a market that that I would would enjoy to work in as a coach. It's uh, it's it's a lot of challenges, uh, but if you have the right structure, the right club or the national team, I mean the national team would be uh, would be amazing one day. So all in all, now looking back at your time, the the final stages of your career as a professional football player in Brazil, how do you look back at it? No, with with uh, with pride and with with pleasure. Living in any country is different than just visiting any country. Uh, so I also feel privileged to have been able to live, you know, a different culture again. Yeah, beautiful life experience and a uh, great, a great uh, sportive, uh, let's say, uh, end to to uh, to a journey. It's a, it's a pleasurable memory. Uh, I'd like to talk to you the entire day, but I think I already took up more of your time than I promised. So uh, I want to thank you very it was, much. It was, a, it was a pleasure, sir. It was a pleasure. Let's do it again. Thank you very much. No, thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. All right. Of course. Thanks, you man. Take care of yourself. See you okay. soon. Bye. Bye. That's the story of Clarence Seedorf and the final chapter of his legendary career in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. It was his childhood dream to play in the Maracana Stadium ever since he watched endless tapes of the Brazilian national team at his uncle's house. So, at the end of his career, he didn't necessarily choose the money. He chose his dream and he realized it, banging in goals and bringing Botafogo back to the Copa Libertadores but most importantly, fully experiencing the Brazilian football culture and playing free as a bird at number 10, just like when he was a kid. I want to thank Clarence Sedor for his time, as well as Simon Zwartkruis, Fabrizio Romano and Tim Vickery. Subscribe to our podcast in your podcast app to never miss an episode. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to get a free article every time we publish our podcast. You can do that at thehomeoffootball.substack.com. Thank you for listening and on to the next story in the home of football. I left my home in Georgia, headed for the Frisco Bay. Cause I nothing to live for. I look like nothing's gonna come my way. Oh, I'm sitting on the dock of the bay, watching the time. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.